Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is the That's Facts podcast with Clamp and Cougar. Okay, perfect, perfect. It's all of us. Clamp's last again. (laughs) You coming in last to Connor after the night. Look, 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 look. I... What Connor did was worse. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna see one. Uh, uh, all right, let's get started, boys. Yeah, let's kick it off. Welcome back to the Epidemia of Suffering. This is the That's Facts Podcast. I'm your host Jackson Cougar. Whatever you want to call me. With me today, as always, I have my wonderful, wonderful co-host Clamp, David, whatever you want to call him, and Connor. Uh, big three, the three sack habits, whatever you want to call us. We're back in action. Um, a pretty decent uh, slate of Pac-12 football last weekend. Um, I'm in the clamp boat. It's where I'm the only winner this week. It's pretty nice. Um, Connor, any uh, thoughts from the weekend for you? It was uh, – I actually, besides football, I had a really fun weekend. I was in Boise uh, visiting some friends uh, and just, tr- like, touring that campus and stuff like that. Went to their football game. It was a lot of fun. Nice. And then Saturday morning, I – We'll get into that in a second, but um, it, yeah, I, I had a really good weekend besides football. Nice, uh, Connor or Clamp, excuse me. Any thoughts from you, man? Whose alarm is going off? It was Connor's podcast alarm, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I did. What you got going on at 10 p.m., Connor? <laughs> uh, well, um, so yeah, we lost. That was. Not fun. We'll get into that pretty soon, though. Um, Saturday was nice. I just kind of, um, I guess I did go to work on Saturday, but not during any of the good games. Um, when I got home, I watched Oregon just obliterate Stanford. Um, yeah, no, it actually wasn't a very good weekend of college football, you know. Um, when you come to think of it, I'm looking at these scores. Um, there was not a lot of entertainment to be had in the Pac-12. Um, but it's always good to watch some bad dog football. And it can never go wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You need some of these, like, one position. You know what the Pac-12 is missing, though, is a, like, one possession game where there's a final drive. We haven't even had one of those yet, except for, like, Oregon State, USC. But we all know how uh, Chance uh, uh, final yeah. drive uh, is going to end. Um, Washington State had a one-play final drive until we threw a pick six. I guess Oregon <laughs> I know, like it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, it was very, very <laughs> anticlimactic. Um, it was like, all right, here we go. Cam Ward game one. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> not even, not even one play. <laughs> That's really depressing, dude. Um, I guess UCLA had a game winner against South Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> After the worst play calling I ever seen in my entire life. God, I cannot believe they pulled that. Clamp, do you want to start with your Huskies since it's the Friday game? We can still come yeah, back. yeah. Um, so the Huskies went to the Rose Bowl, played on some pass, and that really um, seemed to get to them. I'm already making excuses in my opening. <laughs> All right. Um, so the game starts. It's Washington ball to start off. Um, it's a pretty sloppy, but a drive that ends in a touchdown nonetheless. Though a drive that kind of concerned me because – it did end up being fourth and six, and then we just kind of ran, screw it, roam down there somewhere, um, and it worked. Yeah. And we scored on the opening drive. Um, that would be about the – oh, oh, 
there was also a turnover on downs for UCLA. Um, Casimir Allen brought the um, kickoff. He would have scored, but the kickers slide tackled him and tripped him. <laughs> would, would, how on earth did he get away with that? that was, he didn't. It was a 15-yard penalty. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I don't, think he, I, I don't think he got away with that. Yeah, I didn't recognize yeah. it being a penalty. I'll be yeah, honest. So it was a tripping penalty, but UCLA goes on not to score. So everybody in the Huskies chat, like, shout out to Grady Gross. That was pretty smart. Because um, he would have scored 110%. He would have scored um, had that not happened. Unfortunately, this is um, the beginning of the demise of the Huskies. So um, Michael Penix would pitch the ball to Wayne Talapapa from the six yard line. Not the worst call in the world because Wayne did have a lane for a first down if he could have caught the pitch. Unfortunately, he did not catch the pitch. It goes into the end zone for a safety. And, you know, you get that first down, he catches the pitch, everything's going to play, and you're up 7-0 with the ball. You're feeling a lot better about that than having to free kick it. And UCLA goes down 93 yards in 11 plays and takes the lead. Washington would respond with a field goal and get the lead back, but – Really, from that safety on, you could feel that UCLA had the momentum in this game. Um, and then you started to really feel it when they um, ripped off, um, what was it, 24 consecutive points. Um, well, let's get a little bit into that. So first um, was that 93-yard drive, then Washington touchdown. Then UCLA starts a drive off with two straight false starts. But on second and 17, they run a screen pass, and it's just totally misdiagnosed by Washington's defense. I mean, they're they're right there, but they just didn't have enough people on that side. And it was a really obvious play call. It was a very, like, Washington State-esque play call of punting the drive on a end long situation, which we'll get into Washington State kind of stopping doing that this week. Yes, yes, um, yes. But um, – but but the old Washington State, at least, type of play calling. So UCLA was willing to kind of punt their drive when we're up 10 to 9, and we just give up a stupid screenplay for a huge second and 17 first down. And then a few plays later, Jake Bobo scores his first, of, I think, a couple touchdowns. It might have been three. Anyways, next drive. Um, Penix found um, Culp for a nice nine-yard gain on second and ten. And then the next play, we hold. It's really frustrating. Um, Cam Davis had a first down, and we held on the play. Um, so, again, Washington, you're in a – you could have been in a better spot barring a mistake, but you're not. Next play, Pe- Michael Penix, and he did this twice, made two – he made two of the most piss-poor reads – I've seen since, well, I guess just since Dylan Morris, which wasn't that long ago. But um, but, the, but definitely the worst from him. And he throws a horrible interception to the worst defensive back in the Pac-12, Stephen Blaylock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one play later, um, Cam Brown scores a touchdown for UCLA. So it's 23-10 to 10 at this point. Washington goes three and out. Um, this drive was just... Uh, yeah, it was another holding call because Wayne got eight yards on the first play, then a 12-yard carry to the 50, but a hold brought that back. So back-to-back drives really derailed. Oh, first down is taken away by a holding call. Can't have that. 
Um, UCLA would get a field goal. And then Penix in one play throws a pick. Another just horrible read. Jalen McMillan streaking down the middle of the field for a touchdown. Um, wide open. And he throws it down the sideline to Rome. Didn't have it. Um, we did force a stop. We did stop UCLA after that, though. So that was pretty good. Um, we did not stop them um, coming out of halftime, though. Um, DTR ran in a touchdown where he juked to his right. And Braylon Trison, I think it was Cam Fabiculanen, maybe, um, ran into each other head first because DTR juked them out. Um, it was a pretty insane play. One of those that you'll see on Sports Center. Then Washington drove down, scored a touchdown. Then UCLA did the same. Um, really demoralizing Jake Bobo touchdown to make it 40 to 16. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is not the Washington team we've been watching this season. Um, but they would start looking like it towards the end of the game. Richard Newton got into the game and started playing really well, um, which was a huge positive for me to see because um, we haven't seen a lot of Richard Newton this year. Um and Washington would score on their last two drives, touchdowns, kind of make it look like it. Richard Newton only had four carries, but they were all I, – I thought they were all pretty pretty tough runs. Um, but, yeah, no, not a very good statistical output. Um, so we'd score two touchdowns and get the two-point conversions, make it an eight-point game. But then UCLA would convert a third and five with a minute 30 to go. If you get a stop, you have a chance to maybe tie the game. But we didn't get the stop. We, I think we, yeah, we did have a timeout at that point too. So we could have stopped it at like 120 something or forced an incompletion, had a timeout going the other way. Couldn't pull it off. So UCLA picks up that first down. I honestly thought the ball was short, but you know, you put yourself in that situation. Um, can't really make too many excuses with the refs when you put yourself down 40 to 16. Um, Disappointing loss, but we play easy teams the next few weeks, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, best way to describe it. Um, Washington's still a good football team. UCLA is better than we expected. I think that's the big storyline of this game. UCLA just being better than we anticipated. And uh, Michael Penix getting back to turning the ball over was not good for Washington. Um, no. You know, it's just UCLA did what they had to do to win the game, and Washington yeah. did everything that they yeah, did Penix need to do. Like DTR and DTR played like weeks one through four. Penix. Yeah, I mean, it's really all it is. And UCLA is now ranked, I think, like number eighteen right now. I yeah. that's right. Speaking of rankings, I don't oh, want to spend too much time on this, but Washington thing five spots over Washington State is nothing short of ridiculous. They have identical no, resumes. It's absolutely laughable that that exists, but um, whatever. Uh, first game of the day on Saturday, back to action. Number 12, Utah going up against Oregon State. Connor, All right. the mic. So this is a really hungover Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wake up like 10 minutes. Well, I, I wake up actually really early, and then I go back to sleep, and then I wake up 10 minutes for a game time. Uh, and the first, I think, um, I was like, okay, I, I have hope for this game. I think it's going to be close. Three plays in, Chance Nolan throws a pick. Um, I, <laughs> it was an awful read. Uh, it was, uh, man, it was just another bad pass by a bad quarterback. I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to 
key too much in the first pick. Utah goes down and scores. And then the second drive, we put up, we, we put, we put together a pretty good drive. We drive down the field, and then Silas Bolden, who I have really, really liking what I'm seeing so far from him, he scores on a, he scores on like a jet sweep type of play, like a double pitch jet sweep, and go, ties it up seven seven. We stop Utah, I'm pretty sure, on the next drive, and then Chase Long does a pick six to the same guy, Clark Phillips, who was an absolute dog. Yes. Um, he is good. I really I like watching him play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like even against my own team, I really like watching him play. He was he, all over the place coverage wise. He was locked down. I mean, Pac Pac twelve defensive player of the week type of performance for him. Um Utah goes up Utah goes up fourteen seven. And then um it was oh man. And then it's it's kind of it was it was it wasn't really too eventful. It was like a lot of stops, and then um, oh damn, and then yeah, U- Utah scores again to go up twenty one seven off of a twenty four yard run from Cam Rising, who apparently looks like Lamar Jackson against us. Um, and then. Two field goals from us on back-to-back stops against Utah's really good. Not, 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 I wouldn't say really good, but good offense from Atticus Sappington. Shout out to him replacing Everett Hayes, who's hurt again. Um, yeah, we had three field goals. We 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 had seven points and we had three straight field goals to to kind of boost our offense a little bit. And but the thing about those field goals, they were all in red zone drives. We could not capitalize off our red zone possessions. I think we had six red zone possessions, three of them ended in turnovers, three of them ended in field goals. It was brutal to watch. It was our worst offensive showing all year, in my opinion. Even if the USC game was that bad, I think this one could be a contender for worse because we were right there. We have, we have, we have the unit to score in these situations, but we just couldn't capitalize. Uh, Chance Nolan throws another pick to guess who Clark Phillips <laughs> on, on on a fade in the end zone. Which honestly, this is a 50-50 ball. I wasn't too bad about this one. Uh, oh wait, no, it wasn't Chance Nolan threw this one. I'm sorry, Chance Nolan went out with an injury in the beginning of the third quarter, beginning of the second, like late late second or late third quarter. Ben Goldbranson, who I've wanted to start since he was just Chance Nolan was playing terrible. Uh, Ben Goldbranson came in and throws a pick to Clark Phillips, so it didn't really change much. Um, and but I, I'm gonna be honest, Utah got that pick, and then they went down and scored at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I turned the game off because I, <laughs> I had I, one, I had other stuff to do. I wasn't home. I was touring campus, but two, I you could not pay me to watch that team in the fourth quarter. That was brutal. We were already down by so much. And besides a touchdown from Dalton Kincaid, uh, nothing much else happened. Uh, brutal performance from us against a really good team. I'm not too – I was pretty upset, but I wasn't too, like, pissed off. I do think it's a little weird how everyone is just writing us off, saying how bad of a team we are right now. Which, I mean, we are, again, a quarterback away, like I've been saying for the past, like, three years. We're a quarterback away from being good. But when we lose back-to-back games to top twenty-five, top fifteen teams, and people think we're all of a sudden just good old Oregon State, we're back to being trash. It's just kind of it's just funny to me. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. how. It, like, especially the Pac-12 casuals. Like, like people who don't watch Pac-12 just think we're like this like trash program still. It's just ridiculous seeing how much how much bashing we've gotten after this Utah loss. But hey, even Utah fans were like, "This game is a lot closer than the score was," which it was. It was really close until like the middle of third quarter, and they kind of pulled away. Yeah, but yeah, overall disappointed with the performance. And next week we'll talk about that later. But uh, I hope Chance Nolan's okay. But I. Hope we can not give him a shot next week. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. That's all a right. Good point. Uh, moving forward to my 4 and 1 Washington State Cougars taking on Cal and the Golden Bears. Cal has been pretty decent this season. I said it in my Keys to Victory post last week that um, as long as Cal dedicated themselves to run and they were able to successfully do so, that they would be just fine. And Thankfully, Washington State's run defense has proven themselves to be one of the best in the conference consistently. Uh, Jay Knott, 16 carries, only 69 yards um, and one touchdown. Uh, the Goos did what they needed to do uh, on that front, and I think that in a big way they remediated all the holes at the end of that Oregon game left. Um, and I mean, held the whole Oregon game. They were able to finish strong. They were able to get into the backfield, uh, get to Jack Plummer, uh, get some sacks. They were able to... And when they didn't protect the football on offense, they weren't able to get the run going. But those other two things that they, they did pretty well. Um, and, and I think that's a big key because, like, if you look at the previous games of Washington State this season, they have had uh, running success against Wisconsin and Idaho, and they have been able to do the, the, the turnover thing. And this goes back to last year. So those are things that I don't think should be major concerns. I will say the run game has to get going, and I'll talk about that a little later. Um, but the entire first quarter of this game was nothing but punts, five punts in the first quarter, and then Cal's second drive, and nearly had a safety. Uh, Quinn Roth sacked Jack Plummer uh, at his own goal line. That was sad. That might have been the first sack of the game in total. Washington State had, I can't find it, but we had a few. Um, on the very first drive of the second quarter, uh, Cal had a very short drive in their own territory, um, a punt that Robert Farrell returned for 34 yards plus a 15-yard penalty on top of it. Um, ended up getting the Cougs at the Cal at Cal's 20 to start the drive, and we scored in four plays. Um, that was pretty easy. Cal went back down and scored a field goal. Um, in the next drive, Cougs are driving to get into Cal territory, and Cam Ward just has an absolutely god-awful interception. Um, I, I, Cam is super talented, and I said this in my uh, in my, re, my review post. Uh, you take the great with the really bad with Cam sometimes, um, but the two picks that he had in this game were just really, really, really stupid. They didn't really make much sense, especially when you're in their own territory. Um I was talking to another Cook fan about this. It's like you have to be willing as a quarterback to accept that you get four downs. You get four downs. On second down, there's no reason that you need to be forcing up a throw in the end zone or taking a sack. Um, there's just no reason to do it. You have other downs. You you can live to see another day. You just throw the ball away. I promise you won't die. But you just take off and run for three yards. That's better than turning the ball over. Um 
Anyway, first half ends seven to three Cougs in the first drive of the second half. Washington State drives down in four plays and seventy five yards and scores, including Renard Bell's first big play of the game, a forty seven yard catch down the sideline. Um, Jake Dickert said during the week that Washington State was going to put some of those slot guys on the outside to get some more speed on the edges, um, and it worked in a big way for Renard Bell. He had eight catches, I think, one hundred fifteen yards um, and a touchdown. Um, Cougs ended up cashing that drive in with the Robert Farrell touchdown. Uh, Cal Punt, another terrible Cam Ward interception. Cal Punt, Washington State Punt. Uh, Cal touchdown. They went to go for two to make it a three point game. Uh, they didn't get it. And at this point, I wasn't really worried, but I was like, okay, let's not do this thing again. Let's get some points. And we did it. We did it in a big time situation. The other team down only one possession. We got a score in the fourth quarter. Beautiful. Um, a great drive. Four, literally almost identical to the, uh, our last touchdown. Four plays, 75 yards. A big Renard Bell play uh, for 37 down the sideline for the touchdown to cap it off. Uh, defense forces a stop. Uh, we score another t- touchdown, the first tight end touchdown since 2011 for Washington State on a nice little design. What? Yeah, nice little design flip to Billy Revere. Uh, that was cool. Um, <laughs> Wait, the first. I guess Mike Leach didn't use tight ends, but I didn't realize he didn't even like have one that long. No, yeah, he just didn't have a tight end roster. Wow. First one since 11 years without one is really crazy. Yeah, that's a long time. Wow. Billy Revere, the Viking, he's the GOAT. Um, and then Jack Plummer died on fourth down in the next drive, and then Washington State's defense damped over his dead body. I kind of felt bad for him. I mean, literally, he was there holding his knee, like five Washington State food players were just dancing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, and then the Cougs out to uh, to win the ball game, twenty-eight to nine. That was a, a really good win. Um, like I said, it was really nice to see us patch up the holes of the Oregon game left. I kind of saw this game as an extension of that. Um, to have as good of a, a second half performance as we did, outscoring Cal 21 to 6 is, is beautiful. So, uh, 4 and 1 in a big game next week. I love to see it. Yeah. Um, Jack Plummer was all right in this game. He was checking it down quite a bit. Um, the two receivers Cal has, and Jeremiah Hunter. Pretty consistently um, made some plays. Other than that, they needed Jaden Ott to have a better game, like a crazy game, in order to actually have a chance to win this game. He didn't. Um, the run game, yeah, for Washington State was not great, um, but it'd be, it'd be all right. The screen game's kind of an extension of that anyways, I thought. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Washington State had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players catch a football um, in this game. So that's quite a few. Um, I, I'm not quite sure who Josh Meredith is, but I know the rest of these guys. Um, He's a backup wide receiver. He's a cool corner follower, I believe. Nice. That was his. Yeah, that was his first catch. Um, a freshman from San Diego. Shout out to him. Yeah, other than that, pretty much kind of what I expected out of this game. I had it being a closer score, but it was until the fourth quarter. Um, pretty close. I think it was, yeah, 14-9 and nine going into that. Oh, right. I remember saying Cal's immediate failure after, <laughs> after scoring a touchdown for the first time in the game. So they scored to start the fourth quarter. 
and then they immediately give up a touchdown four plays later. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, how Cal immediately fumbled their kind of good moments. Anyways, we've got a bunch of really bad games to cover now. Yeah, Arizona beat the, that team that shall not be named by 23. Uh, number six, USC had a, an ugly half against Arizona State. Arizona State was able to get their pass rest going. Um, USC really wasn't able to get into an offensive rhythm. Um, I USC would be really good if they just decided to run the ball 40 times a game. Yeah, if they could realistically do that and still be awesome, it's which is probably the, like the scariest thing about USC. Um, they spent too much money on Williams to do that, and Addison too. Yeah, Travis Dye can't even afford gloves. Of course, they wouldn't make the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, USC just figured it out in the second half, and Arizona State kind of ran out, ran, got ran out in the Jimmy's and Joe's battle. Because even then, in that fourth quarter, I still feel like they played a pretty good game schematically, and they had a chance there late, but um, they just didn't have the bodies to keep up. USC's really talented. Yeah, same can be said for Oregon, who blew out Stanford. By the way, we should talk about the Colorado Buffaloes today because. Carl Durrell did finally get fired. Oh, yeah, that did happen, yeah. Carl, mm-hmm. Carl Durrell got fired, or hired, yeah, fired, yes, fired. Uh, but then they hired their OC, who sucks. So, mm-hmm. Well, he won't be. He won't get the job, but, like, yeah, man, you know. Yeah, well, well, who, who would you hire off that staff? Hell, I let the players coach the team, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, don't even put a bigger yeah, head in there. The players the... aren't any good either. I mean, but at least they have, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, not much you can really do, but you did have to hire somebody, and at least the at least that OC is a fresh face. Yes, man. That, that's the only so positive bad. takeaway is that he's a fresh face. Like they are, I was looking into it more. Their transfer like thing is so weird. They are so screwed. They can't take yeah. transfers in because of how weird their transfer rules are. The head coaching market is kind of dead. I don't really see many good candidates besides, like, an SEC coordinator somehow finding his way over there. But other than that, like, it's just, like, it's – they're so screwed. It's not even funny. Right. I mean, if it makes you feel and any there's better, there's the Colorado. SEC coordinator thing, but they tried that, and he left after one year. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. That literally did happen. I don't know what Colorado does, man. Um. It well, makes you feel any better. Colorado's fifth and pass defense in the conference, so pretty good. If they could get like a Tom Herman to come out, man. But but they are the worst think, run yeah. defense in the conference by eighty yards. By eighty. Well, yeah, yards that's what teams do. They just run the ball down Colorado's throat. I mean, yeah, what's the, the problem? <laughs> the team, <laughs> team teams run the ball. The ball in the area? Teams so run bad. the ball 44 times a game against Colorado. The second most is Arizona State at 39. Damn. So. Is, teams are running off the clock against those teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Um, Moving forward to week six. You guys ready to do some predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything to say about Oregon Stanford other than what I Oregon's said. Oregon's better. Yeah, they're um, better. Good week coming up. Yeah, this is a really good week. Where do you want to start? Let's start in. One of those game, not game out of the way. It's the worst one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one kind of sucks. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Chance Nolan is 50-50 for this game. I hope he doesn't play just so I can see Goldbranson and see what he's got. Um, I think this could be a good bounce back game. Stanford is not good at all. Is EJ Smith back or is he still gone? No, he's out for the season. Oh, okay. Now it makes me feel a ton better, even though I, I do kind of like Casey Philkins a little bit. Um, yeah, but <laughs> he's an LL guy, man. I got to respect it. Um, I I think this is gonna be a pretty easy game for us overall. I think our defense is way too good for their not for their just like bland offense. Even though I do like to, I I do like I do like McKee, but I think he just needs. I think I think it's a lost cause for him right now. But, I mean, his receivers are good, but I think our DBs are better. I think our D line's better. I think our linebackers are better. I think our running backs are better. Their quarterback is definitely better. I think a wire. I think a wire receivers might be better. No, I actually, think it's even, but I'd go Stanford. I'd pre. Yeah, I'd probably go Stanford. They have more proven guys, but um, overall, I see us kind of taking control of this game from the jump. Especially if we get the running game going, I don't. I don't see us passing a lot, but I don't see Stanford stopping our run at all. Um, not gonna go too far with this one. I think it's gonna be a pretty easy prediction. Give me Oregon State thirty-five to fourteen. Pretty yeah. close to mine. So. Yeah, I Oregon State 38-14 in this one. They really need to blow out Stanford. They really need to get everything go, everything together. Um, because, well, you can't lose this game, of course. No. That would The season is over. I will go as far as to say the season is over if Oregon State loses to Stanford. Like, mm-hmm. this season becomes a lost cause. Yeah. Oregon State probably has to win out to go to Vegas. Um you're still, you still think we have a shot at Vegas? If you win out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean at your schedule, you're not the significantly worst team for the rest of the season until Oregon. True, but... You're the worst... I think you're the worst team at Washington and versus Washington State, but I don't think you're a significantly worse, significantly worse team. Yeah, Maybe true. you are. I mean, that Utah game was really bad. It was hard to watch, but... I think um, with I, I think with Oregon and USC and the conference and even well I think yeah with Oregon and USC doing what they do uh, I think it's pretty easy that we're yeah, not going to Vegas. Yeah, but still have to play both USC and I mean I I, I think I think well, what I'm saying is Oregon State will have to win out to have a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, that's where I'm at right now, and you need to to do that. You need a really good start here. Um, I think you need to pummel Stanford. I think you do. I think you win 38-14, um, get the offense rolling. Um, and you got a home game with the Cougs, which is going to be a heated one. Um, I'm excited for that game. I am too. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Oregon State 34-15. to uh, Stanford's just not good. I don't really have much to say. Uh, but Oregon State, offensively, they've got to get a roll going, just any sort of consistency. Because uh, their last two offensive performances have been pretty terrible. Um, so that can't continue, especially going into next week with a really good defense against Washington State. So um, they got to get that going, and I think that they will. Uh, they'll, they'll take that one handily. All right. So a game that I am crossing my fingers, hoping to be attending, um, Washington at Arizona State in Sun Devil Stadium. 1 p.m. kickoff time on Pac-12 Network. Luckily, I won't have to be subjected to watching Pac-12 Network, but I have to next week anyways because we play Arizona on it the following week. But I, I, I like day games at Husky Stadium, so I'll enjoy that one too. Um, Arizona State um, played pretty well against USC, which is 
slightly concerning going on the road, playing on real grass again, where the Huskies have struggled for years, decades even. Um, going back to the 90s teams that went at Arizona and couldn't pull off a win. Um, it, it's a historic thing. Washington, Hus- the Huskies suck on real grass. That said, there is no reason that Washington should lose to Arizona State. Um, I think we're the much better team. Um, our goal is we're, we're trying to win a lot more games than a team that loses to Arizona State would win. So it would be extremely demoralizing to lose that game. Um I think it would be extremely demoralizing to lose any game up until that Oregon State game. Not two would be demoralizing, but, you know, they're a good team. Um, but losing to ASU, Arizona, or Cal would be um, pretty detrimental to the hopes of going to Vegas and trying to win that Pac-12 championship. Um, this is a weird one for me. Matchup-wise, Washington should be a, like, 30-point winner here, but I'm scared. Um, maybe I'm just scared because we lost last week um, and because they have Xavier Valade, who is a very talented back. That's That all said, I think we win this game pretty handily. I'm going to go Washington 42-20. to um, 20. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that was my score. Look at, that's the second time this season we've done that. Yeah. Look at that, man. We're locked in. Same score? Yeah, same score, 42 20. Nice. What you got, Connor? I got the Huskies. Uh, I got the Huskies uh, 35 to 17. Nice. No. I think. <laughs> Wait, you want us all to have the same score? Yeah. <laughs> it has to come naturally. One of these days, we'll all three have it, and it'll be beautiful. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll just be so locked in. We can't even find the key. <laughs> it was like. Three sack halfers, <laughs> and I feel like once we all have the same score, same team, it's gonna be the other team that wins. I just have a strange feeling that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> it'll be a big blowout too. It's gonna be this org, um, which we'll dive into right now. Um, unless we want to do no, we'll save the no, good we, games. Yeah, we we can do Oregon Arizona. Okay, um, Arizona can't stop the run. Oregon runs the ball really well. Literally, I don't think that you have to say anything else. Also, Oregon doesn't really defend the pass very well, and Arizona throws the ball very well. So maybe you maybe you see a lot of points again. I think you probably will. Um, But I think it'll be one-sided points. Uh, Oregon's just a better team than Arizona, and I think that's really all it comes down to. Um, And I'll go ahead and go Oregon. I'm thinking too much about getting the same score. So, um, Oregon, <laughs> I'll go Oregon 40 to Arizona's 24. All right. So, I have 45 to 31. Damn it. Um, it it's not going to happen like that, man. <laughs> we were so close last game that I doubt we get even that close again. Um, that, was, that wasn't bad, though. This one wasn't. No. Uh, what was your exact score? 40 to 24? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I had it also being a two-score game. Uh, I do think Oregon kind of runs away with it, and then we just see Jaden Delora put up like 400 yards and three touchdowns in garbage time or something. 
um, most of which coming in garbage time at least. Um, hopefully he's learned his lesson from extending the ball at the goal line against Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cheap yeah, shot. That, that was, was a, so that nice. was such that a was cheap so shot. Low, yeah. <laughs> that was such a dirty maybe a little bit. Um, I'm <laughs> salty though. I lost last week. I I've got to make a. I got to take a few jabs. Um, got to show my fight back. You know, get my little bounce back here by um, throwing some punches. Anyways, um, that wasn't yeah, a punch. Hope, that was a fucking I mean, elbow to the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> that was played pretty well, but they really yeah, forty-five thirty-one. I had a, I had, <laughs> I had a Oregon win this game, forty-five twenty-four. Ah, so a mixture of the two scores between me and Jackson. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, y'all were pretty like said what I thought was gonna happen. I think this is gonna be an offensive game. For Oregon, and I think Arizona is going to get like a garbage time touchdown to like Jacob Cowling or something. Nice. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Um, Washington State, USC, and then we'll cap it off with the top 20 matchup in LA. Perfect. Uh, Primetime on Fox. Uh, Cougs at USC. Um, I'm going to be superstitious and not pick Washington State. I'll go ahead and spoil that point. This is based surely based off of superstition. It doesn't work when I pick us in big games, so I'm not going to do it. Um, on paper, you look at Lincoln Riley-led teams, and you immediately think quarterback. You think throwing the ball. You think offense. Um, and I thought I mentioned this earlier, but USC is – not USC. Lincoln Riley teams has always been able to run the ball really well. You think of guys like Kennedy Brooks, Ramondre Stevenson – uh, even TJ Pledger and bits at his time um, at OU. Oklahoma has always, uh, Lincoln Riley offenses in have always had guys that can run the ball really well. Um, and I think that they are the same way this year with uh, Travis Dye and Relique Brown. Um, those are two very <laughs> talented guys, and they have, a, they have a really good scheme. They have a scheme that gets their guards pulling in action and just gets their running backs running through big holes. You got a lot of opportunities to just get into space. Um, and then when you have such a threat to throw the ball, defenses, they can't guard you. They, it's it's impossible to guard a team that, that runs the ball like USC does um, successfully when they can throw the ball so well. Um, it's something that Oregon State did that I found interesting. They ran a lot of exotic blitz packages. Uh, they brought in a lot of linebackers. They brought in corners off the edge. And they would drop kind of their, their linebackers and outside linebackers and their edge rushers in coverage. Um, and it worked because they were able to get Caleb Williams rattled. They were able to get him out of a out of a clean pocket, but they weren't able to get any sacks. They weren't able to bring him down, and so he was still able to, to stretch the field and be able to create with his legs, which is something he did really well uh, against Oregon State. Um, and so I think that's going to be a key for Washington State. If they get into the backfield, which I think that they're going to be able to do because their edge rushers are so good, I don't even think that you need to drop them in coverage. I think you're willing to, to just let your guys free rush um, because USC's pass blocking isn't very great. Uh, I mean, you've got really good edge rushers, so I think that you could live doing that. Um, and then maybe you can use Dan Henley as just a consistent spy guy. Um, and another thing that Oregon State did, they ran a lot of zone. They ran a lot of zone defense. Um, and it was successful. But Washington State has not been good at running the zone, uh, the zone for a single week this season. They are not good at running the zone, not even a single down this season. It's just not successful. 
Um, so I think you have to be willing to, to let your guys try and go up against their guys. If you lose, you lose, but you're going to lose doing what you do best. And I think that that's something that you've got to be willing to do as a good football team. Um, and I think this is a game that we're, it's just two contrasting styles that match up against each other really well. Washington State has the third best run defense in the conference. Um, USC has the fourth best run offense in the country uh, in the conference. Um, Washington State has the second to worst pass defense in the conference. Um, and USC has the third best pass offense in the country. So in the conference, I keep saying damn country when I say USC because they're so good. Um, anyway. It's just a lot of contrasting styles, and so it's interesting to see which team is just able to get that edge. Um, USC doesn't defend the run very well. Um, if you go back to the run statistic, they are eighth in the conference in run defense. Washington State just doesn't run the ball enough. They don't do a good job of it very much at all. So I think that you've got to be willing to Washington State to, uh, like Clamp said, let your screen passes be an extension of your run and be willing to go at the run, man. Um, I don't think this has to be a game where Cam throws the ball 40 times and is running all over the place for you to win. I don't. I, I think that's a part of your success, letting Cam be a playmaker, but also you have to take advantage of the things that USC doesn't do particularly well. Um, when you when you have such a versatile offense, do what you do, uh, run your offense, and when you and when you have talented areas. Um, take advantage. You know, that, that's, that's a talented area. I think that Washington State has to be able to um, to do that. Something that USC does very well on defense is, turn, is create turnovers because um, they have a lot of guys that just are like really good. They just have good players. Like he, like Eric Gentry is one of the weirdest players in the country to me because he is built like a a basketball player. Dude, he's um, so good. He's and he's amazing. He can do everything for you. He he can he can defend in coverage. He can get after the quarterback. He is incredible. And I think USC's secondary uh, is a lot better than what people give him credit for. I think they've got a very talented group that back there. And like I said, they cause turnovers. Um, so the keys for Washington State with everything I just said, they can't turn the ball over. They cannot turn the ball over. Um, no. USC is probably the only team is the only team in the conference I think that has more wide receiver depth than Washington State. Um, and so you, you've got to find a way to you've got to find a way to limit them. It somehow, somehow, if you get into the backfield with your edge rushers, you've got to be able to bring Caleb Williams down. That's that's my second key. Um, so protect the ball, get Caleb Williams down, um, and be able to run the ball, man. Be able to run the ball. Um, Ninety six yards per game is not gonna fly. Like I need this game to be like one twenty plus at the very least. We, we've got to be able to run the ball. Because uh, USC doesn't defend it, and if we can move the ball down the field, which I think we're going to be able to, I think uh, running the football is going to be a key to it. With all that being said, just because of superstition, I'm picking USC 31 to 20. And if you recognize that score, that's the exact score that I picked against Wisconsin. So it's probably going to be that way for Oregon State game next week too. I know I'm because Swag might listen to the podcast and like screen recorders up, so no. But for now, yes, I'm going to go USC 31 20. All right. I have USC as well, 35-27, not because of superstition, because I believe it. Um, okay, so Washington State, I think you said it best. Um, they're a man team. They're not going to play a great zone if they try to revert to that, which I've seen teams that are man teams switch to a zone against teams like USC just because they're scared. Yeah, I don't think you can do that if you're Washington State. If you're going to sit back in the zone, they're going to pick you apart all day. Um, That said, you sit in man. (laughs) 
Yeah, are they going to be able to guard Mario? Are they going to be able to guard Jordan Addison? I think more often than not, my answer would be no. Um, and I think that's the difference in this game. I do think they'll contain Caleb Williams, keep him in the pocket, get a couple sacks, because um, I agree that USC's pass pro isn't great. Um, but I would actually say I think USC's pass rush finds more success in this game than Washington State's. Um because I think USC's interior pass rush is going to really, really affect Cameron Ward in this game. So they're, everything Washington State has to do, they're going to have to do it quick. Um, it's going to have to be screens, um, quick little draw plays, stuff like that to kind of um, not let them just pin their ears back and get after Ward. Because if you let them do that, you, I don't think you stand a chance. But um, if you're able to get good gains on those quick little plays – um, and game plan around USC's talent, then there's a chance. There's a chance Washington State um, wins this game. If they were at home, I would like Washington State a lot better here. Um, I think going to going at USC has always been a um, daunting task for Washington State. Um, very different team, much better team this year. But we did the last time Washington State did go at USC. Um, it was a even for that team a particularly poor performance. So, um, I just think I, I just honestly think the Washington team's going to California, going to Los Angeles in particular, has always been something that there's been a struggle with, and I think it it continues. I think it's a one score game though. Like I said, um, thirty five twenty seven. Um, yeah, I think Washington State needs to play a quick game. They need to. Do what they can defensively. There's going to be a lot of tough plays, I think, when you're trying to run, run man-to-man against those guys because even with a pretty good secondary, um, it's not as good as USC's receiving core, and I think that's where the difference lies in this one. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, another thing, I, before you get going, Connor, I'm sorry. You no, you're totally, you're uh, totally fine, though. Dan Henley is amazing at getting after the quarterback. I want to see him blitzing. I want to see him getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm, same blitzing yeah. is fine. If you can even sack him, like we like, I mean, I know it's our defense, so it's a little bit worse. But we missed like ten sacks on this dude because he's just so elusive and in the so, pocket. He's so electric, man. He's awesome. That's why I think that you have to be able to use a guy like Dan Henley because he's so damn fast. You can't, you can't yeah. really react to him. All right, let's just try. Do this real quick. It won't take me long because y'all covered a lot of it, especially you, Jackson. Um, I think, uh, I think it'll be a little bit more defensive. I think that it'll be a close game for the most part, but I think USC just because of just sheer just offensive power will, will pull away and give me uh USC twenty. Uh, give me USC twenty eight to seventeen. All right, respectable. I like it. Okay. So we've got a big one in the Rose Bowl. This is the biggest game in the Rose Bowl since when? LSU. That LSU game was big, but this is a conference game for first place. So I'm giving this one the edge. I think um, I'll get this one the edge too. So this could date back to Brent Hunt, Brett Hundley days for the biggest game played in this stadium. Um it's been tough sledding for UCLA for a lot of long time, but last week they really broke through and beat a really good Washington team. 
at least that team I think is really good. Um, but um, now they've got another test right away. They turn around and play Utah, and then they get a bye week and they play Oregon. So not gonna be not gonna be easy for UCLA. But let me tell you, if they go one and if they go um, one and one in those two games, they're a threat to be playing in Vegas um, for the Pac-12 championship. They really are. I think that Washington win was one I didn't quite expect them to get, and they got it. Um, I, I mean, I picked them to lose by three. I wasn't. I definitely didn't write off UCLA going into that game. Anyways, um, Utah has played pretty much perfect since the Florida game. Um, yeah, there's really not been any critiques I have for Utah. They've dominated their next. They dominated their next four opponents, and none of them scored over twenty. And they scored over. They scored thirty-four or more in all four of those games. So Utah's playing really good football, but they're on the road here, and they've been in Salt Lake. Oh, um, or I guess they went went to ASU and beat them, but that's ASU. Um, <laughs> they're kind of sorry. Um, and I'm gonna—we're gonna lose. Gonna get your ass kicked this week. That would be fun. Get killed by one and four ASU. Anyways, um, ooh, who am I picking in this game? I'm gonna pick Utah. I think. I think Utah on the road runs the. I think they'll commit to the run um, a lot better than Washington did. Washington actually had a lot of success in the run game. But holding calls as well as just a lack of commitment to it and getting behind in the game um, caused Washington to kind of revert away from the run game. I think U- Utah will get enough de- early defensive stops to where they won't have to worry about getting away from the run game. And Utah wins a good one, 34 to 31. For mm-hmm. And the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, U- UCLA ha- does have a very good run defense. Very, very good run defense. Best in the conference. Statistically. Yeah. They've been up, though, and they their opponents have had to pass. Um, I honestly thought um, when Washington was running the ball, it, UCLA wasn't all that threatening. Um, their interior D-line um, couldn't get beat off the ball pretty well. But Liatu Latu covers up a lot of ground <laughs> for that defense. Yeah. He carries that d- defensive line. Um, I will say that. Um, you see how his linebacker plays pleasantly surprised me as well this year. Um, yeah. thought they've been pretty good. Um, yeah, what was his, his name? Um, that really showed up. Darius Amuasau? Um, is one of their inside linebackers as well as John John Vons, who got an inter- re- who caught one of the really bad Michael Penix interceptions. Um, those two have played much better at linebacker than I expected for UCLA. I'm just not a fan of their interior as much. Um, but if they can get a good oh, and Grayson Murphy on the edge has been really good. Um, so they have two good edges and two really good linebackers. It's just that interior that needs to step up against Utah, and if they do, then UCLA has a good chance to win the game. Yeah, uh, you, this is a tough position to be for UCLA. This is you got a great win last week. Um, I one problem I found myself with in thinking about this game is I don't anticipate DTR playing as well as he did last week. This week, it, it, that's really hard to repeat. 
against a defense that is so good, like Utah's is, uh, especially their pass defense. They're incredible in that aspect. Um, and I remember in 2019, now this is 24 years ago looking back, um, DTR had a terrible time against Utah's defense. Um, of course, he hasn't played them since. <laughs> I, um, no, he literally has not played Utah since that game. Um, so has it gotten much better? I don't know. I mean, DTR's gotten older, but, like, that hasn't really mattered much until last week. Um, yeah, last DTR week was is, his first good week. <laughs> yeah, DTR is so confusing, man. I don't anticipate him playing as well as he did last week, this week. And, and even if he doesn't, um, how well is UCLA going to be able to run the ball? Um, I am interested to see that. They did have a good performance last week. Um, if that continues, I do believe that they'll be able to pull this game off and get back-to-back um, huge home victories. But I don't know, man. I think Utah's offense has been way too consistently good. I mean, well, I say that. Last week wasn't great against Oregon State. It really wasn't that good until the second half um, because Oregon State was only down at eight at one point in that ball game. Um, Clark Phillips was just so damn good. Um, yeah. It didn't really matter. Um, Oregon State's defense is pretty good, though. Yeah, no, it is. No, I'm not going to say that it isn't. I'm just saying that Utah's offense really didn't do much. Um, so I don't think that's, like, a big, like, threat for UCLA, really. Uh, but with that being said, in these other weeks of the season, they have been really, really good. Um, I don't know. I am I like Utah in this game just because of the fact that I don't see DTR repeating that well. And I do think that Clark Phillips is, is more than good enough to take J- Jake Bobo out of the game. Um yeah. So I'll go ahead and go Utah uh, 27 to UCLA's 23. Interesting. I thought you'd go UCLA to get a different pick in than me. No, I don't. Yeah, I know you need to catch up in those prediction prediction standings. We'll catch up as we get deeper in the conference play because we're definitely going to have more. Oh, definitely. I've been back and forth on this one. Uh. Prime has messaged me so much. Ryan has messaged me so many times about this game, saying for uh, for me to not pick UCLA because he apparently because my prediction for them last week was so disrespectful, which it, it it was it was pretty bad, but it it was so bad he's telling me not to pick him this week. I wasn't gonna pick him anyway. I'm still I'm still UCLA <laughs> UCLA uh, midday home games are just never gonna be nice for him. The attendance, I still think, won't be that good. It was good on Friday night. Well, for their standards, it was good on Friday night. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in UCLA's offense against that good of a defense that that Utah has. I think that this game, it's gonna be a little bit. It's gonna it's gonna be close. Uh, but I think Utah will just purely just outplay them. Give me Utah. Give me Utah 32, UCLA 17. Ooh. Another disrespectful one. Wow. Ryan Lucky Eunice is not going to appreciate that. I mean, UCLA is going to win this game. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to run away with it, too. This is a game. Oh, man. I might might change my pick throughout the week. I'll be thinking about that. (laughs) I just don't have a lot of confidence in UCLA, man. Like, DTR, DTR is so inconsistent. I don't see him. I, I, I don't. I don't see him uh, repeating what he did last week yeah, against the, against him. Seeing him duplicate. Yeah. Against that good of a defense, I just don't see it. 
looking at new stats, um, the first and most disappointing thing is um, Tuli Tui Pelotu got a sack, which means the three oh. sacks. Oh, Damn. we're cooked. Anyways, Solomon Bird is held strong as a three-sack haver. Um, Jeremiah Martin and Alfonso Tupatala became three-sack havers this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Chandler Semendu from Colorado. Colorado. Um, has also become a three sack haver. Layatu Latu has become a six sack Dog is Incredible. Um, Hunter Eccles has a three and a half. I don't know about that. Half sack. It's crazy. Half sack haver. Oh man, the passing leaders. Um, Owen McCowan has found his way into twelfth. McCowan era has started. Congrats. Um, Chance second to last. Uh, Tanner McKee is tenth in the conference in passing. That's that's terrible. Because their offense can't do anything. Yeah, they can't block for him. <laughs> the problem. He has sixty. Um, he leads the conference. He's tied for the conference most in sacks. Oh, Bonix Bo finally got sacked. Damn. Bonix finally got sacked. As did Michael Penix for the first time against UCLA. Yeah, I don't know who sacked him, but good job. Uh, okay, way to go. Stanford got to him, really? Stanford. I would say see. Stanford literally did not even like breathe on Michael Penix when we played them. So mm-hmm. that's pretty surprising. Their edge rushers just kind of like. Gave up. It might be the up. first time all season Washington State's offensive line has a good performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bo Nix leads yeah. the conference in rushing touchdown. Bo he's Nicks tied does? with like six people, but like, yeah, he does. Chance. He's tied with Jack Sardin, Xavier Balladay, Travis Bucky Collins. Irving is now fifth in the conference in rushing. Ah, oh, fucking Bucky, dude. <laughs> Bucky. <laughs> good and I hate it. Bucky. I thought he was just like a bad player who was causing acts of terror, but no. He's no, he's, 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 he's actually pretty good. <laughs> That's not good. That what does, is, does not okay. well for the podcast. What, what is the update on Byron Carwell? Is he done for the season? I have no idea, dude. I don't know, but he posted like six selfies on Instagram with like a, with like a discreet caption, so he might be transferring. <gasps> Coog. <laughs> <laughs> Come down to the foggy coast of Corvallis. Hey, he was almost a husky out of high school. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he was so good last year. He literally just like deceased. And like now, like Damian Martinez is unironically. Jacob Cowling and Jaden Hot are having the same seasons. They're like completely dominating statistically, but their teams suck. W. Dorian Singer is now second in the conference in receiving, by the way, though, at Arizona. So they have the top two now. He's been really good the last couple weeks. I don't know what's gotten into him, but he's just been insane. Dorian Singer, baby. Um, Jordan Addison's third. He's just putting up a solid season. He's not winning the Bolitnikov this year, though. He's super super consistent, I will say that. Yeah, he is just a solid force of nature. Um, Mm -hmm. J-Mo clears. Well, well, well. 
we could talk about that some other time, but I mean, there is no other time, dude. Jameson Williams was a better receiver than Jordan Addison last year. Well, well, whatever. That's a rough one. It's a rough one. What do you mean? Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikov for a reason, my friend. Dude, Jordan Davis is badass. Won the uh, Nagus. Jordan over, Davis is uh, badass. Jordan was Davis. an amazing player. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was so won. good. Dude, he won the Ben Nerick over Will Anderson. You mean to tell me that Jordan Davis is a better defensive player okay. than Will Anderson? Please don't say that. Please Will do not Anderson say that. Better than Jordan Davis. Okay. But Jordan Davis, dude, is, I mean, best player on the best best team. Uh, they He's... they tend to win awards. Yeah. That's how those tend to work. Oh, speaking of uh, Georgia players, who was that wide receiver that transferred from Georgia to Bama? Burton. Jermaine Burton. Uh, Jermaine Burton. Burton. Has, stinks. Has he done anything? <laughs> He's done nothing. Dude. Horrible, bro. Alabama's best bad. wide receiver is Jermaine Gibbs. Blood, blood, tra- blood literally switched sides just to get just to get out uh, just to get out replaced. Like, damn, dude. He, I, I thought he'd be better than this. No, he does nothing, dude. Alabama's wide receivers like unironically bad. They like they 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 are not beating the allegations. Dude. They're like like actually not good. <laughs> Which means Alabama is gonna be screwed against Georgia again. I mean, probably like Isaiah Bond is the only wide receiver that decided he wanted to do anything. With the way Georgia's been playing though, Clem, I don't know. Yeah, they Georgia's Hey, Kent State. State's pretty good. I was trying to tell y'all. y'all. No, Kent no, 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 State's no. pretty good. Before you say anything else, I tried to tell y'all. After like week two, when people were like, "Oh yeah, Alabama sucks now," Georgia's by far number one. I kept Bama number one all season because I I will never understand the fascination of saying that teams are bad because they win close games against other good teams. I don't I don't get that. I don't, you I don't need understand. to win close games. It's you just part of it, 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 it's, it's, just, it's just part of the season. It's I I find it way more impressive winning a a tight game against a team loaded with five stars in Texas than winning by, what, only 30 against Sanford? Who the hell cares about that? It's not impressive. It's not. There were some good games in the SEC this week. What are they? Um, Tennessee, Tennessee, LSU. LSU. And then there's a, what else is there? There's a... Is, does Kentucky Ar- Mississippi State play this week? I don't Arkansas-Mississippi State is a sleeper game right there. Yeah, that's this week. Uh, God. Kentucky plays South Carolina. South Carolina sucks. Sam Rattler is terrible. Spencer Rattler is so bad, and it makes me upset. But whatever. No wonder ASU said no to him. Yeah, Spencer, yeah, Spencer Rattler is supposed to be better than this, and I defended him all offseason. I, I kind of have a habit of doing this, like defending quarterbacks that like America gives a bad rap, and then they end up like biting him. DJ DJU is good. DJU Youngle is really fucking good at football, dude. I don't care what anybody says. He is talented. Yeah, he about time he's doing this. Season. What do you mean about time, dude? It's Bro, second DJ year was bad starter. last year. Jackson, don't even start. He, he's a DJ was inconsistent. It was, his, and... it was his first year as a starter. He I don't care what so anybody says. It was his first year as a starter. Yeah, but every year, Clemson's year expectation is you're going to be really good. Who every year. Who cares about Clemson's expectation, dude? That's unrealistic. It's not. It's not unrealistic really. to expect a guy in his first year as a starter to be just elite, dude. There's a lot of guys in their that first is, year as a starter is, playing really good ab- football. That is absolutely Jason. unrealistic, and that is absolutely unfair. I don't care in comparison to other players. It's unfair on that player to expect them to come in in the first season to be automatically successful. There's a lot that goes into that, man. You had That's the year fair. behind Trevor Lawrence. You had, the, not fair you had a lot him. of game action. You should have been better. fair to him. That is not should fair it is. It's <laughs> not. You're telling me you didn't need to be better last year. 
he needed to be better. I, I, I will agree with you. He needed to be better. But to say, to say that he, like, to, the way that people wrote him off after the last season is yeah, absolutely yeah, I not fair. I agree that, that they shouldn't have wrote him off, but I, I still think his, his, his expectations being high are warranted. Right. I don't think so, man. Like, I don't think let's look at, it, like, look at him the stats. He's at 55 completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Like, that's bad. No, it is. I'm not, he should not I'm have been not, bad. I know, like, I know. I'm not going to defend this down. not an excuse to be bad. Yeah, he was. He wasn't good. I'm not going to defend the stat line at all. That, that's ugly. But what I am going to say, just there, there is a lot more that goes into it than just what you do on the football field in terms of just being that successful in the first year. I think because yeah, because yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're you're learning how to lead a team. You're, I mean, you're already young as hell. I mean, it's, you're a sophomore in college. I mean, there's just so much responsibility on you. That's hard to do. Just objectively, that's hard to do. Yeah, no doubt. It's not he wasn't in an easy situation. And he's come back this year and played great with the new offensive coordinator. I thought Elliot was a really bad one and then Virginia hired him as head coach. And they've been bad this season. Yeah, they, so, they've gotten worse with him. Well, to be fair, I didn't expect somebody to come in for Mendenhall and be better. Well, I didn't expect them to get better, but I didn't expect them to be this much worse. Texas I, A&M is sucks. Texas A&M is terrible. They they them as god awful. About time they're out of the top twenty-five. They are just horrible to watch. Jimbo they, Fisher needs to get a creative offensive coordinator in there. I think that's the difference. I saw they a thing. Yeah, I, I saw a thing about him. They uh, he has the same exact record as uh someone through uh that amount of games. Nice. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Kevin Sumlin, baby. Oh yeah, that is right. That's exactly right. It was Kevin Sumlin, like the first like. Like twenty one games or something like that. It's yeah, it's like but inside it's getting like ninety eight mil more or some. some you guys something. know who is really overrated? BYU. They shouldn't be in the top twenty five. They're not. Uh, I still think that they're a good football team. I do agree that they're a little overhyped. I think that a part of it has to do with how overhyped Baylor is. Yeah. Baylor sucks. It's not a very good win. Yeah. Yeah, and they won that game in like double overtime, and they. Really didn't look good at all against no, them. Wyoming team did. or Utah State, and Oregon killed them. I yeah. think, I don't think BYU is anywhere close to the number sixteen team in the country. You know what I, I do think though. I think it. I think it has a lot to do with Oregon being closer to like the ten spot that it has to do. I mean, of course they're eleven right now, but like Oregon is legit. Dude. Oregon's really really good football. Oh yeah, Oregon's great, but BYU man, they they have looked really bad against like even Mountain West teams. Um, I don't Mountain know. West. I think they, Notre Dame beats BYU this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it could be a blowout. The only hope I have for BYU is if Jaron Hall just continues to just be good. If he's yeah, been he like, like that's my only hope for BYU. And I think, um, I mean, are the receivers yeah. still out, or are they or, or or are they back? I'm not sure, but I do know that Chase Roberts is like really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Gunnar Romney's back. He dropped a touchdown against Houston. Gunnar Romney, baby. Um, game day is going to be fun. I'm waking up early to watch game day in Lawrence, Kansas. Rock chalk, uh, baby. My Jayhawks. Yes. Is, uh, okay, I'm not going to say that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jalen Daniels continues. Jalen Daniels' Heisman campaign is here we still go. going on. <laughs> dark, dark horse for Heisman right here. The better Jay Daniels. Um, 
Kansas has tough sledding ahead, though. Um, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor. Oh, Oklahoma. And I think they win all those games. I think they go into the Natty against Bama. Dude, I just need. I just need. I, I really just want Kansas to get bowl eligible because I don't. They, want them to I'm, I'm they're, they're, they're really oh, close. They are, they are, dude, they are on the fringe because their schedule gets a lot tougher from the They have yeah, to yeah, win. Yeah. They have to just get one more, dude. Just I don't think more. Kansas is like actually is like unironically great. I think they're no. all right. Yeah, they're all um, right. But I think they beat. I think they beat TCU. I think the energy is just. Really good in that program I don't right know, now, man. and I think they. TCU's yeah. damn good too, though. Yeah, and, Max. Um, Max I, I don't know why Max Duggan wasn't the starter coming into the season. He, he cooked Oklahoma absolutely. Yeah, cooked Sunny them. Dykes. Sonny Dykes is doing a great job already. Oklahoma is beating Texas this week. Uh, uh, I think so, man. I, I, I Oklahoma I, I think winning so. against Texas. I, I, is I Clint Ewers so. going to be playing? Uh, he's. I, I don't know. He's he's supposed to be coming back this week. Is, I I don't know. Is, is, Gab- is, is, is Gabriel hurt? Is general is general booty gonna come in at quarterback? I don't think he's their backup. I'm I'm not sure the status of building Gabriel, but I think he's fine. They did they took him out for precaution last week more so. I'm than looking for. Back. I was looking for Oklahoma Texas on the top twenty five section of um ESPN. <laughs> Neither of them are top twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> SEC baby. SEC. <laughs> Anyways, Kansas Oklahoma State, State, Kansas State is, is like, not a good football team. Oklahoma, you don't think Oklahoma State's good? I was saying Kansas State. Oklahoma State's oh, good. Oh, right my God. I'm, Kansas State's all right. I like what Kansas State's doing. I, I, I'm liking – dude, the Scott Frost curse. Adrian Martinez broke it, finally. <laughs> yes, Adrian Martinez is talented. I mean, Kansas State gets to play Iowa State, who sucks. Iowa State's um, really bad, dude. So Iowa State's Kansas really State's bad. gonna be a five and one ball club going against TCU. <laughs> but they lost to Tulane, dude. They lost to Tulane. I, 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 that's another thing that bothers me. People like seem to like forget so mightily about like like the teams that people lose to. Like Tulane sucks. Tulane hey. is not a game that you should lose at home. Shut the hell up, Grant. Before you say anything else, you're about to say some BS. Tulane is not a game you should be losing at home. TCU beat a Houston team that a lot of people were hyping up before the season. Or t- Tulane. I mean, you said TCU, but yeah, I know oh, what you yeah, mean. I mean. But Houston sucks now, dude. You haven't beaten anybody. Yeah. Hey, Tulane almost beat Southern Miss. <laughs> almost beat Southern Miss, dude. <laughs> Southern Mississippi. The Brett- <laughs> coach wears a suit and tie. Dude. The, the Brett Favre fraud program. <laughs> That farm needs to be a federal prison, but I don't know what he's still doing outside of the walls of hell. He's a terrorist, bro. Brett Favre is donating money from his cancer from from his from his charity. Okay, something that makes me a little mad: um, Texas A and M is still getting votes, bro, for top twenty-five. It's like how many is it? I don't think it's very much. Or, but still, Oklahoma's still getting votes. Who? Who woke up and said Oklahoma is a top? You know, I bet they don't even have Washington State. That's hey, shout out, hey, shout out my boy John Wilder, though. Yeah, Washington State 13. <laughs> yeah, he's carrying he's like 50 of those 91 points. He's the sole reason y'all are 26. John Wilder's carrying. Should have had us a little higher, bastard. <laughs> bastard. Um, anyways. Uh, 13 isn't enough. Washington wasn't ranked any higher than like 18, but also wasn't ranked any lower than 23. We we are very consistent in where we are. Washington State's all over the place. That's so unserious, dude. 
People just, just actually, like, a few people had a opinion. It's, it's disrespectful, just, honestly. Like it, it is. Like some of the people that vote on these things just don't deserve to have yeah, a job. Yeah, some of these media, some of these media guys are pretty bad. And um, hell, that includes John Wilner. He gave us votes. He doesn't. Yeah, deserve John Wilner's bad at his job. It's awful. It, like even um, if we're being objective, Washington State at thirteen is pretty bad. It's yeah, it's awful. It's That's gone. really bad. But like they're I mean, top twenty-five. Come on. I have I have Washington State at twenty-one, and I even feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. Like like thirteen. Yeah, is, yeah that's from a fan. Yeah, I mean thirteen. <laughs> John Wilner put him at thirteen with a loss. Where did John Wilner have Oregon? Washington State's thirteen. Oregon better be eight. One shit. <laughs> um anyways james madison i think this is their first year at fbs they're getting 39 votes to be ranked yes but it doesn't matter because they're not going to be able to play in a bowl game because they have to transition here which is so terrible. that is i've always hated that rule that's been yeah. the case for a while um but hey maybe they can make the college football playoff <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wait, wait imagine that imagine they're like so good they should be in the college football playoff, but they can't because they can't play a bowl game. That would be that hilarious. Would make me so mad. Bro. That would make me. Oh my god, that would make me grin. Shout out to Syracuse for being five and zero. Oh. Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. My Sean dog. Tucker is pleased. Is all I care about. Sean Tucker. Um, Cincinnati being, being ranked is bad. Makes me so mad. They stink. That's probably Cincinnati the team that should sucks. be out for Washington State in my book. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati's not great. Um, who's their quarterback? Uh, Nobody, dude. I think it's Ben Bryant. Yeah, it's Ben, ben Bryant, Bryant, which is a little disappointing because Evan Prater exactly. is Evan Prater is really exciting, but and he's five for five for ninety six yards, but he doesn't get to play. 